I want to look at John chapter 14 this morning. Oh, I forgot an announcement. Adam Levine put together a video. Remind me to play it at the end. It's two minutes. It's um, for Adopt-A-Student, and Trevor and I will both be in trouble if we don't play it, because <laughs> we already forgot last week. But Trevor forgot last week. <laughs> nah. Okay, John chapter 14. Um, the final meal that Jesus spends with his disciples, uh, the Apostle John covers with nearly a quarter of his book, five chapters. And in that, Jesus uh, decides to spend his last meal with those closest to him. And so the, the disciples are there, and they're sharing. A lot of things are going on in that meal that you wouldn't expect. Uh, you have Judas running off. You have the disciples arguing over who's the greatest. You have different questions coming out that you really don't expect to, to come out that late in the game. But if anything, it speaks to me of how much God truly does love us in that He's spent time with these guys, and he's not bashing them or saying, three years and it's all over, and you're... No, he's, he's not worried. He just, he understands them, and he's walking through life with them, even in this moment. And what I want to draw your attention to, that in this uh, particular translation of the Net Bible... There's a term called reside with, or to dwell with, or to abide. And in, throughout this, there's this idea, God plans on living with his people. And so we were created that way in the beginning, when you have God walking in the cool of the evening with Adam and Eve. You have the prophecy coming they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then now when Jesus is getting ready to leave, he's telling them, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. You know, if, if, I, if I didn't do this, it wouldn't be set up. And he says, I, I'm, I'm going away. And that also says, I'm going to come back for you. And uh, he says, you know where I'm going. And and Thomas goes, uh, no, we're not sure where you're going, so how are we going to get there? And he's still thinking in physical, natural terms. And yet Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so he's, he's declaring there's a different thing going on here. You know, a few weeks ago, we were looking at the, the amazingness of of the immensity of what God has done through creation, when we, we consider all the different solar systems and galaxies and such, and, and then the intricacy of, you know, when you look at the projection of what DNA actually does, and you're going, that's amazing, all of that, that God would do that. And yet, there is a whole other dimension that we're unfamiliar with. It's the unseen, and, and that, that has a whole other arena, so to speak, that, that is incredible. And Jesus is telling them, I'm taking you into this other arena as well. I'm preparing this place for you. 
and to, to acknowledge that the idea of heaven is, is something that we can look forward to and, and being united with God. And, and all of that is he chose to care enough about us to reach out. And what I find comforting, particularly even a, in a passage like this, is when guys are asking questions that they probably should have known the answer to already, that he's still continuing to, to share his compassion for them. That gives me hope for myself. You know, where, where you're going, man, there are a lot of times I don't even ask the right question. And yet the knowledge is that God still cares and reaches out. So that said, he says, you, if you've known me, in verse 7, you will know my Father too. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. So when God come, came in the flesh, and they're going, you know, we, Philip goes, we haven't seen God. He said, well, <laughs> you're looking at him. You know, Jesus, you know, Philip says, well, show us the Father and we'll be content. You know, that's enough. And he's saying, I really don't get this even yet. Jesus comes back and says, you, you do not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs his miraculous deeds. So I was caught up with that word because He's talking about residences early on, right? I'm going to go make a place for you. But he also says there's a dimension of this of God dwelling in the person. The translators struggle with it because when we get the different translations, you get these different words, resides, dwells, abides, lives in. You know, it's all, it's all this idea of sharing life together. And, you know, when, when we go... Do I have the right to even know God? Do I right to even, I mean, would he even speak to me? Part of the teaching that Jesus is drawing in this is, yeah. He's, he's decided to live with us, reside with us, abide with us, live in us. You know, again, we're using spatial terms for someone that's not confined to spatial identity, right? We're, we're using terms like, on, upon, in, abide, with, reside. And, and that's all what we know in the physical. And yet he's saying there's a whole dimension that isn't physical and it isn't bound by these terms. But he's still trying to get it across in a way that we can understand. And so this residing becomes very important because it says God wants to dwell with you. He wants you to know him. He wants to be able to speak to you. And have you speak back. So he says, believe in me. If nothing else, believe the miracles you've seen. He says, you know, you've seen the supernatural, so you've got to, that's got to speak of something. And then he goes on and says, I tell you a solemn truth. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I'm doing and will perform greater deeds than these because I'm going to the Father. So he says, what I have had with the Father, he says, that's available to you as well. Now, this idea of greater deeds, um, Jesus pretty well did everything, right? He raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. He made 
food multiply. He, you know, he calmed the seas, so he had control over nature. You know, but perhaps even this greater idea is that the effect of your life may have more influence and lead more to Christ than, than, than even he was, did on earth. I mean, you know, when, when he leaves and there's the upper room, they say there's 120, right? But that first day of church, they have 3,000. So there, there is an expansion going on in the kingdom of God through his believers and through his followers that in numbers, in a sense, was greater than what he did while he was here on earth. I, I'm not sure. I, I, just, I just know that he's declaring there's, a, there's an availability of his power and spirit to accomplish the works of the kingdom. And we often turn it into a, an internal thing that says, yeah, I'd like to heal somebody. Yeah, I'd like to raise somebody from the dead. But often that's for our own ego, right? Often it's, it's with this idea of, then I'll be somebody. Well, you're already somebody. You have God living with you. And so the idea is that as we learn to interact and know his ways and know his voice, then his message is going to continue through us in powerful ways. I, do whatever, you, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. So he says, you, what you're seeking to accomplish is the glorification of God, and, and that's a good thing. And so that's what we, we dedicate our lives to, and however that flows out is up to him. And, and, but we love the idea that he's willing to work through us. I mean, he's speaking this to the disciples that don't even know the right questions to ask in his final day with them. And yet he still has a great confidence in them and a willingness to, to give of himself to them. And he's speaking these grand things over them, even though in the moment they're all going to run away. Surely that ought to be helpful for us when we're going, I've, I've not done well this week or month or year or, you know, whatever it is. But it's like he still has an affection for us and a desire to live and dwell with us and speak to us and through us. Pretty amazing. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So just as he's spoken, I do what the Father asks of me. He says, if you're truly tied into this, you're going to do what I ask of you as well. And he goes on, he says, then I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. And again, this word is, is one that they wrestle with. They've used counselor, um, helper, comforter. You know, it it's speaks of somebody that's involved specifically in your life, right? It speaks of someone that's intimately tied to you, assisting you. He says, a spirit of truth. And then it goes, you see him or know him, but you know him because he, what? He resides in you. Again, this, these words are coming out of him living with us. I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Powerful in this testimony even today. He says, I'm not abandoning you. 
In a little while longer, the world will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live. You will live too. You know, at that time, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The person who has my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. And then Judas, not Iscariot, speaks up and goes, uh, what's happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? So, <laughs> last day, <laughs> and you know, in the, in the very moment, he's going, what's going on here? You mean this, not everybody's going to see this? You know, they've, they've thought that this was the Messiah that was going to end up ruling the world in that moment. And that time's coming, but in, in, they, they assume that this would be in the physical realm that he would take over, kick out the Romans, reestablish Jerusalem, and away we go. And Jews go, this doesn't sound like what I signed up for. Kind of amazing. And yet, Jesus isn't bothered, so to speak, or overwhelmed, but he continues to invest in him. He goes on, and then I'd like to pick up with the, uh, the 26th verse. And the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will cause you to remember everything I've said to you. You know, the, the powerful idea of an advocate is one who's supportive of you, right? Speaking up for you. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to play that role in your life. And furthermore, even though you aren't putting it together now, he's going to, he's going to reformulate this for you. He's going to bring back to mind the things that I've talked about. He's going to put them in place so that you understand them. He's going to teach you what you need to know. So even in that moment, Jesus isn't bothered because he knows there's another facet of this. Even though physically he's leaving them, he's saying the Holy Spirit is going to be residing with you. This advocate, the one that speaks up for you, he's living with you. And so you have the opportunity of learning from him, and he's going to teach, and he's going to then also bring to mind the things that you haven't put together yet. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Amazing. He's getting ready to be hauled to the cross. This is a time of sobering and sorrowful moment, and he's still going, peace. That's what I'm offering you and giving you. And then he says, don't let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. So in those moments when things aren't working, and it's almost like it's falling apart, what, what are we encouraged to take from him? He's saying, I want you to live in peace. And I don't want you to be walking in constant distress. And I don't want you to, to lack in courage, but to know that the advocate is going to continue to guide and direct you. He says, I'm, I am going away, but I'm coming back. He says, I've told you now so that when it happens, you may believe. He says, I'm not going to speak to you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. So he says, it's going to look in the moment like this was a 
horrific defeat. This is looking like all the things are falling apart. He says, he has no true power even in this moment. You know, even though he's, he's going to endure a, a horrific beating, even though he's going to die on the cross, and he says, even though the enemy is, is working what he can in this situation, he says he really has no power and authority in this moment. He says, what's happening is I'm doing exactly what the Father's asked of me. I just, I look at this and I go, how wondrous, how amazing that we have opportunity to, to speak with God and have him speak to us, that his Holy Spirit resides in our hearts, that he, from the beginning of time, has planned on living with us. What an incredible thing that is. Lord, we just thank you for this. We thank you that even in the raw declaration of what went on that last night, that you were speaking life and truth, and you were speaking encouragement, and you were promising relationship like you had with the Father, that you modeled for us, and that you send your Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. Now I pray that your Holy Spirit would truly exert influence in our lives. I pray that you would speak into hearts this morning concerning questions that they have. I pray, Lord, that you would enable us to carry out the workings of your kingdom and power. I pray that even as you promised them baptism later on, where they would feel the drenching of your Spirit over their lives, I pray that for our lives as well. I pray that there be a certainty in the heart of your work. Amen. Amen. Just want to pray for God's blessing upon you. So we uh, remains as open-ended. Encourage you to just continue reaching out to the Lord, seeking Him, knowing that He's going to reach you as well. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to reside with you, to have your spirit dwell within them. I pray as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural, I ask. We love you this day. Amen. Amen.